I know y'all like, where the hell she been? How dare her just slide up on here and run her mouth and say, hey, like, I haven't been neglecting everyone. I have. You know, I've I've been unlearning toxic behaviors due to my past stint with depression. And I just want to thank God real quick for even giving me the words to articulate that because I couldn't even add so much anxiety coming out here and talking to everyone because it's been a while. I used to be able to put out content. David, it was my And I haven't been able to do that. So I apologize. And I also apologize for that sound bite that you just heard i was i'm so nervous talking to you guys that i was logging on instagram and i forced a habit and i don't know how to go back and edit that so sorry and i don't want to lose momentum so sorry but i am tired so i'm not going to talk too long but some things moved me today that i wanted to talk about and i just wanted to get it out because i know other people are going through this as well And I just wanted to share awareness and give my perspective on toxic relationships. So let me begin by saying, I don't think anyone, I could be wrong. I don't have the stats on this, but this is just based on what I've seen. I don't think we can escape this world without experiencing at least one toxic relationship even if it's for a short moment in time even if it's not even a a romantic relationship even if it's a um friendship or you know a situationship we experienced at some point a one-sided situation that was detrimental to our health i i believe that i've seen it again i don't have the stats on that but that's just my take on what i've seen I was, um, I woke up pretty refreshed today. I, um, it's not often that I wake up like that. Like sometimes I wake up like shit. Like I don't, not not that I'm upset that I woke up, but I'm just like, damn, like, you know, I just, I don't always wake up like amped, but I was, I was super amped today. And, you know, I'm addicted to my phone like you are. And I just so happened to get on YouTube and see that a couple that I used to watch here and there had broken up. I was like, dang, you know, um, that's pretty messed up. I wonder what happened. I mean, naturally, you want to know when people break up, you want to know what happened. So one of the young ladies in the relationship, it is a um, lesbian relationship. And one of the young ladies um, decided to give her take on what happened, I guess, because they were a. um, They were they were open with their relationship, you know, they would share very YouTube their experiences or their time together. So I guess she felt the need to share um, her take or her stance on what happened and why they broken up. And I was moved by it. Because it it was it seemed as if, and you know, I'm not I'm not gonna say seem because that was her truth. 
on why they had broken up. And it moved me because I'm like, wow, you know, she was able to identify that the relationship wasn't conducive for her or the other young lady. And she decided to move on. So I was empowered by that. I was like, wow, that's, that's a, and she wasn't slanderous. She wasn't nasty. So I'm like, wow, that's, you know, very powerful of her, you know, brave of her. That's good. She's in the right direction. Only for me to turn around and see that the other young lady in the relationship uploaded her take on why they had broken up. And it was very intense. It contradicted what the first young lady had said. And that moved me as well because I'm like, wow, it reminds me of when I was in a toxic relationship. I, I would I I believe I have been in two toxic relationships. And it triggered me. But I was gonna shake it off until I had hit another video where another couple was breaking down the ins and outs of the first relationship that I mentioned. And that triggered me even harder. So I started thinking about those toxic relationships that I was in. And I was thinking to myself like, damn, um, why do people go to hell so quick? What I'm asking you, what I mean by that is, Why do we feel it necessary to go low so fast? Why is that instinctual? Why is that second nature for some of us to want to be so volatile and and destructive that when we are disagreeing, when we are getting our way, we go low and we resort to violence or verbal abuse? And it made me think about some remarks that were made to me when I was in those toxic relationships that could have broken me if I were a weaker, I'm not going to say a weaker person, if I were in a weaker mental state or maybe a um, fragile state, I will say. It, It just made me realize like, wow, like some of these people male or female, black, purple, or brown, it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from. If you weren't taught how to value people and if you didn't grow up with, you know, love in the household, it's it's almost like it's hard for people to function with another person. Like it's hard for them to treat human beings like human beings and I'm not perfect I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I've always said the right things to people I've always done the right things that's nonsense like that's not true like I got a mouth with me like but I can guarantee you this take a poll and you ask people close to me how I move I can guarantee you I don't tear people down I don't get off to that that's not that's never been my thing I like to uplift and empower But I feel like it's necessary to share and be transparent about my experience with toxic relationships. 
I chose, because at first I was going to title this segment Domestic Violence, because I've experienced domestic violence. But then I said, no, I'm not a victim. Not to demonize or scrutinize victims. It's just that for me, I've come so far in my journey with healing, and I still have work to do, that I refuse to be deemed just a survivor. I overcame domestic violence. So I said, you know what? I'm going to take some of that power away and title this segment Toxic Relationships. I'm going to, I'm, like I said, I'm going to take away domestic violence's power and reduce it to a toxic relationship because at the end of the day, when we think domestic violence, we think a woman that's been battered. When there are men out here that have been battered by women, right? And I think it's necessary to share and spread awareness on what violence looks like in a situation, in a, in a romantic relationship, maybe even in a friendship. What a situation looks like when you're not being properly valued. So my first experience would have to be with my children's father. Um, I never, sorry guys, I'm sitting outside talking in a car to y'all per usual and I thought I saw a raccoon or a possum. I don't, I don't do those. I, I don't like those. So that freaked me out. Anyways, and it's 11 o'clock at night. So yeah, you already know. They're probably out waiting for my butt. But my first experience was with my children's father. It did not start off like that. And I wanted to talk about that relationship much sooner. But I wasn't ready. And I'm glad I did not speak on this relationship before because I hadn't matured and I wasn't able to look at my children's father like a human. I, even though he had been physically abusive to me, I counted him out as a human being. And I want people to know it takes a lot of growth, a lot of self-awareness, prayer and time and forgiveness to get to a point where you realize that the person that violated you was a human being too. And while it may not have been right that they violated you, they're a human with real feelings and emotions. This is not to excuse anything that he's done. I simply want to spread awareness and paint a picture where both stances or perspectives are being conveyed. Like I said, my children's father, when we met, it didn't start out like that. 
I didn't share this story before because I had to get real about what really happened. I had to really sit back and go, emotions aside, disappointment aside, we were friends. We were cool. It didn't start out like that. He may not have had intentions to do what he did. I know I didn't have those intentions. Things happen. When we met, I simply wanted to pass time. I'm pretty sure he didn't take me serious. There there was an age difference. We were just hanging out and having fun. It went from that to us spending almost every day with each other. Us spending a lot of time with each other. We started to invest in each other. Next thing you know, we had children. All it takes is for something to trigger you or the other party. All it need, all we need is a small crack in the foundation for the relationship or the situation to begin to crumble. As time went on, I learned that we had more in common than I was willing to admit. We both grew up in a toxic environment. We both had poor relationships with our parents. We both had addictive personalities. We were almost like, in a way, mirroring each other's pain. And it took me some time to realize that. Like, we were... I had no clue. We were, like, literally the same person. We even had... Our birthdays were, like, days apart. Although, I'm a Scorpio. I I wear that with pride. And, you know, he's a Sag, so... But our birthdays were even the same month. We had literally gone through almost the same things. We we didn't finish school on time. Um, we were the black sheep of the family. He was the oldest. I was the oldest. I didn't know that he and I had so much in common. And then we began to trauma bond. So I felt like, wow, like... Maybe this relationship is meant to be like we've gone through so much. He gets me like he's more than just somebody I'm passing time with. I'm starting to develop feelings. Um, there were red flags. Um, he would call me out of my name. You know, he would call me a bitch. You know, he was inappropriate. Um, there were situations where he would say things that I don't think is appropriate to someone you're trying to pursue or get to know but again I'm young I don't at the time I didn't really take him serious I'm pretty um resilient so I'm like you know I can shake that off what I would say to someone right now 
no one's perfect. People are going to say things to get on your nerves, get you upset. But if they are putting you down, calling you out of your name, calling you everything but a child of God, don't take that lightly. I can't tell anybody what to do. I'm not a spokesperson for domestic violence or toxic relationships. But like I said, I have been in a situation like that. And if I could go back in time, first of all, first of all, I wouldn't encourage anybody that young to be dating. And then second of all, I wouldn't encourage or condone because I was 18 when I met him and he was almost 30. I wouldn't encourage or condone people, male or female, allowing another male or female to mentally or verbally or emotionally abuse you. I, I don't condone that. And that was almost 10 years ago. I'm, I'm, I'm 28. I'm 28 and I'm looking back. I'm reflecting on that situation and I'm like, that should have been terminated then it it should not have gone on whatever we get past it I tell them off I used to think if I could get one off in other words if I could get my lick back if I could curse them out or stand up for myself that would show or intimidate or scare the person into respecting me If a person wants to devalue you and break you, nothing you do will stop them. That's just how they move. That's how they've been bred. Um, we got past it, I guess, (laughs) you know, and every time we would have a hiccup, it would turn into mess like it was extreme like I wasn't used to arguments turning into something extreme um again I'm 18 at the time I've had other boyfriends I've broken up with you know men or young men and I don't recall like I said but two relationships being like that where we disagreed or I decided I didn't want to pursue it anymore. It turned into me being stalked or, or being physically assaulted or be me being called out my name. I had gotten used to being able to part with people somewhat peacefully. So I I mean, I'm, I'm even friends with some of my exes. So I'm like, I couldn't for the life of me understand why this relationship I could not have a disagreement with this person without it going from zero to 100. That was another red flag. And I'm going up the top of my head. I didn't even write any notes. I just, I, this is on my heart and I want to share it. So bear with me. It might take me a while to convey everything to you guys. But that was another red flag for me. The fact that everything was always zero to 100. And like I told you earlier, I had to get real with myself. I could not, I can't speak for nobody else. I'm speaking for Jasmine Rachel Lorraine Henson. 
I had to get real and acknowledge that I should have had more self-respect and I shouldn't have been so scared of being alone that I, you know, should have just ended the relationship and stood on my own. I can't really explain why other than the fact that I believe I was just trauma bonded to this man at this point why I couldn't just break away it was almost like we had signed our souls over in blood to each other I I couldn't afford to lose this person while he was disrespectful inappropriate at the time he could be a changed man today while he was those things, I could not break away because I had started to believe, well, damn, this is my longest relationship. He hasn't left me. Maybe, just maybe, these are growing pains. Not only that, I'm understanding, I'm forgiving, believe it or not, I'm thinking I need to open my heart or I'm thinking at times, let me just milk this situation. Let me just use him. That's right. I said use. Let me just use him until I can stand on my own. What did I mean by stand on my own? It started to become apparent to me in this relationship that I had issues. Sometimes in a toxic relationship, we want to believe that a person is just out to get us. And while that may be true, somebody is targeting you, they're mistreating you, they're devaluing you. We play a role, some sort of role. I know some people are like, no, I didn't ask to be abused. I didn't ask to be hit. I didn't ask to be stalked. I didn't ask to be sexually assaulted. No one does. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying that, what I'm saying is, if we show up in the world wearing our hearts on our sleeves, it makes us susceptible to those attacks. I had issues. I've always known I had issues, but I never thought that it would spill over into my love life, which looking back is crazy and it's proof that you don't need to be pursuing a serious relationship at a young age because, I mean, your love life is a part of your life. Like, it's a part of you. So, of course, whatever you're dealing with internally, it's going to spill out at home, at work. Wherever, if you have issues. For me, I had severe abandonment issues, among other things. Um, I know I used him because I didn't want to be alone. I didn't realize I needed somebody that bad in my life that 
I was willing to tolerate disrespect, being mistreated. I, I, I tolerated that. I could have easily dated someone else. But because he was doing things that I, I, I had always needed, like I was swayed by the little things, like the fact that he took me on my first date for real, for real. He took me on my first date. He paid for it. Um, You know, I'm 18. So I feel childish even telling you guys this. But the fact that he was my first in a lot of ways. He was the first to sit down, take me out to eat, pray with me over my food. I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe, you know, I'm trying to see the good in him. See the good in the situation. And be understanding. But sometimes we can be understanding to a fault. So that's why I referenced basically knowing your role. Like, like what did you do? Like, how did you enable this behavior? Like, like what, did, what, what were you willing to accept? How did you show up? What were you battling that made you susceptible to this sort of behavior? Because I don't believe individuals that are brought up in healthy homes find themselves in dysfunction who knows I could have grown up in a better environment or not and maybe I still could have easily found myself in a situation like this but if we're empowered at an early age and if we're educated at an early age to know the signs of dysfunction and if we know the ramifications of um, participating in dysfunction I truly believe that we can save a life save our lives and save our time and spare ourselves from the hurt and the the trauma that comes along with being in those toxic relationships there were so many red flags I'm not going to give you guys, uh, like I said, I'm not trying to hold you long to draw this point, but there were so many red flags. Him calling me out of my name. Um, us spending too much time together. I know I'm going to ruffle some feathers with that. What I realize now being in a healthy relationship a person that values you values your time and your space. It is okay to give each other space. It is okay for your significant other to not blow your phone up excessively. It's okay to miss their phone call. It's okay if you don't want to see them. It's okay if you want to sleep on the couch. It's okay if you want me to. It's okay to break away from a second. I'm in a relationship, I live with my boyfriend, and I have children. I still find myself coming out here, sitting in the car, listening to music, going in the bathroom, getting in the tub for a little while, or just sitting on The Sims and playing just to have me time. When you're in a toxic relationship, they feel threatened by you having me time or you not being at their beck and call. If I didn't answer the phone for him, I was getting cursed out. I was going to get called out of my name. He 
he also had a internet persona kind of like how I have my podcast now and you know I um I mean I'm no Beyonce he wasn't no damn Jay-Z but he had built a following online um he was rather flirtatious he was very inappropriate sexually he would um make um sexual jokes um he would embarrass me as a matter of fact I remember an incident where one of my girlfriends at the time she had posted a photo and he was so inappropriate and so I don't want to say promiscuous but he was so flirtatious that he had commented under her photos photo something very inappropriate and she immediately called me and she's like you know go look at my photo like look what he said and I'm like wow like this is somebody I'm in love with this is somebody I'm with like again because I was using him I said you know what I can shake that off we're not serious so I started to downplay our situation you know I I look at that like me trying to preserve whatever little bit of um confidence I was trying to scrounge up or um dignity that I had I was trying to um pump myself back up like you know what it's not that serious we're not we're not that serious I need to just chill this is what happens when you know situationship and (laughs) you know um the person doesn't respect you I allowed a lot of inappropriate things to go on until I realized I just wasn't happy. I wasn't happy, but I was also still very afraid of being on my own. I would find proof that he had been with other women Um, They would send inappropriate photos to his phone. He was very sloppy. I'm not saying if he was discreet, that would have made it better. It, It was just like, wow, this is blatant disrespect. Again, this person does not value me. Leave. Like, I, I couldn't, I couldn't leave because I had trauma bonded with this person. If I make a fuss and I confront him or if I share my feelings with him, I run the risk of being called out of my name. I, I'm not ready to lose this person. So I'm willing to compromise and allow this person to do whatever because it's better to be with the devil you know. That's my thinking then. That's how in denial I am about this situationship. I know it it started to eat at my spirit, my soul, because I knew I didn't really care about this guy anymore. It was more so me, he's getting something out of it. I'm getting something out of it. I can't speak for him. But um, I I know at the end of the day, I don't really love him. And I, I know that 
I had a feeling things could go awry, but I'm like, no, just a little bit more longer. Like, if I can just hurry up and build myself up to be on my own. And when I say on my own, I wasn't living with him at the time. I really, looking back, I didn't need him. I had support. I had my grandmother. I had my great aunt. I had my aunt. I had my sister. I did not need to be in a situation like that. You know, I'm coming up on 10 years of being on my own. And when I think back to my mental state, I'm so hurt and and I'm so, I'm not going to say disappointed because that would put so much critique and judgment and pressure on young jazz. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm already a person that's hard on myself. Like some of you may be, I mean, we're human shit. Like a lot of us are hard on ourselves. I don't want to beat up on myself more than what I already do. But I, but I, I did feel a way you know, when I was reflecting about how, how in denial and how fragile I was mentally that I had convinced myself, you know, in a way I had made this person my God. I had found solace in man. And I had just met him. I didn't even know him a year. And I had found so much artificial peace and artificial solace and artificial gratification that I was willing to compromise who I was because I thought I thought I could create my own reality. I thought I could finesse the system. I thought I could get away with life. I thought I could basically control my fate. I knew God wanted me to ride out my storm and face it with him. But instead, I hid behind my children's father. I used, like I said, I used him to deal with my issues. I I had issues that made me vulnerable to a toxic relationship. I didn't have nowhere to stay. Um... I was staying with my aunt. We were, I was sharing a bed with my grandmother because my mom had put me out when I was 18. And I didn't have my GED at the time. I, um, I was supposed to graduate that year. And um, I didn't have any money. I didn't have a job. My grandmother was taking care of me. My pride didn't want me to accept it but I had to and I just felt so bad and 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 worthless and like I wasn't going anywhere that you know I was just so determined to get it on my own that I didn't sit there and just grieve and just heal and and let myself feel things and you know listen to God when he's telling you about yourself and accept like you know you don't have it all together. Like, and it's okay, but you you need to work on some things. Like, like, like God, 
wants you to work on things with him. Don't, don't drink, don't do drugs, don't jump into a relationship or hide with your friends. Don't, he doesn't want you to run away from life. And and that's what I was doing. I was, I was definitely ducking and dodging by staying in this relationship. Now, again, I have to stress other women's story, other men's story, because remember, men can be abused too. Their situations are different from mine. We're talking about my situation and my take on what happened with me and my children's father. Our relationship was so complicated, so artificial, so fragile, but he would post our relationship online like he would upload photos of us smiling and having a good time and portraying as if we were like solid when deep down I knew in my heart I I couldn't envision a real life with him I was so unstable I had my own issues I wasn't being valued he wasn't working. There were times when I wasn't working. There were times where I was always footing the bill. It was not a equally yoked situation. And again, 18 years old, dating someone almost 30, it's kind of hard to discern that. But I still had an inkling that things were not right. We're coming up on a year of us in this situationship. It's getting harder and harder to maintain this lie. I'm not happy. I'm still trying to find my way. I, wow, a raccoon just went under the car. Great. <laughs> I'm I'm still trying to find my way and I'm still being disrespected. It's it's getting harder. It's getting harder. Um at this point I'm willing to leave. I'm willing to leave. And then I find out that I'm pregnant. I'm so upset because deep down inside, I'm I'm just not sure this is the person for me. I can't handle the zero to one hundred. This person, I'm I'm always in my pockets, you know, covering the bill. This person doesn't reciprocate this person isn't really productive how am I going to carry a baby I'm instantly looking into an abortion I share 
this with him. And he's like, no, we can do this. We can make this work. And I'm just so upset because I'm like, I just don't feel good about the imbalance. When I say imbalance, I know I'm not on... I know that it's not reciprocal. And granted, I acknowledge that by me using him as a boy toy, you know, if if you want to call it that. I acknowledge that by using him as a boy toy, that makes me an imposter. That makes me in ways a liar. That makes me someone that's not truly 100% invested in the relationship. And that makes me wrong. So I have my flaws. I have my, my, I, I have committed wrong. And I'm like, now I'm pregnant. What am I going to do? Like, I just got a new job. I was thinking about going back to school. How would I support a child if I'm already footing the bill for he and I? We fall out really bad. And he starts drinking. I didn't know he had an alcohol problem. But looking back, he would hint about it. I wasn't listening. Again, I was so in it to win it to get what I wanted from the situation. I didn't hear or receive him when he hinted that he had a drinking problem. So... We fell out. I'm pregnant. Starts acting funny. Starts to question if the child is his. I'm 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 not even tripping. I, I got upset for a second. I'm like, yeah, we're done. And I'm going to get an abortion. I was so afraid to tell my mom. I was so afraid to carry out an abortion because I'm not going to lie. I, at the time, I wasn't a pro-lifer, but I just never saw that for my life. I never saw me aborting a child. I always thought I would have a big family and it would be in a healthy dynamic. So I'm like, really, excuse my language, I'm real, I'm real fucked up right now. I'm like, wow, like this is what lying has gotten me. My pride starts to eat, eat at my spirit. Um, shame starts to eat at my spirit. And I'm like, I cannot be my mother. I cannot have a child out of wedlock and be a single parent and battle abandonment issues. No, we're going to be a united front. I got to I got to put up with this man. I got to put up with this. I cannot have this baby on my own. So, what do I do? I run back to him. I run back to him and I deal with his occasional drink, you know, his occasional drinking. I deal with him denying the child. 
I deal with him wanting the child. I deal with him putting all the pressure on me about the baby. I deal with him abandoning me in my pregnancy, sending me to go live with his mother while he lived with his grandmother. He didn't have his own place. And I remember thinking to myself, I got to muster up some strength for this baby. I don't have it, but I got to keep going for this baby. I had the worst freaking headaches during that first pregnancy. And I look back and I realized I was under so much stress. I had fallen out with my mother. So, you know, that's why he had sent me to go live with his mom because I, my mother didn't want me there anymore. We were fighting. It was it was crazy. And I remember thinking like, I can't even acknowledge my feelings right now. I have to just keep it together for the baby. I, I neglected myself. We eventually come back together because again, I'm not willing to wear the face of a single mom. I'm not willing to wear the fact that I'm being abandoned, you know, I'm being uber <laughs> abandoned now because I'm not dealing with my abandonment issues. He's already shown himself to be a jerk. I'm pregnant, which means I'm probably going to have to do this on my own. And he's an alcoholic. I'm like feeling it, but I can't feel it because I can't, I can't acknowledge my situation. I can't, I have to, I'm in denial. So I have the baby. I'm on a high. I'm feeling energetic. You know, having little Antoine really empowered me and inspired me. I started to think for a minute, I could probably do this on my own. I developed a business. I began looking for jobs. I felt pretty good. But I still had to deal with him putting me down, calling me out of my name, embarrassing me online, being inappropriate. I couldn't take it and just always having to foot the bill for everything. You know, um, one thing I want to stress Some people may look at um, a one-sided situation where you're always footing the bill as um, just the tricks of the trade or something that's um, common in relationships. It's not common. It's inappropriate. It's common, but it's inappropriate and it's a form of economic abuse. Anytime you have to always foot the bill for another able-bodied human being, it's a form of an economic abuse. I wasn't even seeing $400 a check at the time. And I was working at the damn school board. And I'm footing the bill for my baby and a grown man. It's You, you can't get anywhere like that. 
couldn't take it no more. So I, I started thinking like, okay, how am I going to do this? How am I going to stand on my own? I don't have any support really. I went out of this. I, I, I don't see it getting any better. Every time I would try to build myself up to leave, fear would set in. So I'm like, I, I, I really can't do this on my own. I don't want to wear the burden of being a single mom. I really need them now. It's what I thought to myself. I can't leave, even though I, I, I don't really, I don't really want them. <laughs> like I don't, I don't really want them. Like I'm not happy. I'm not proud that I made a child with somebody that doesn't value me, that tears me down, that has put their hands on me. I kept being in denial and it got worse and worse over time. Then finally, he started, I'm not even going to say he was feeling himself. He wanted to leave. This is where it gets tricky. He wanted to do his own thing. He wanted to, like he told me, explore other women. I couldn't believe that I had invested so much into the relationship that I would have to now, even though it was a front, even though it was all artificial, that I now had to be a single mom anyways. Why can't he fall in line? Why can't he pretend with me like I had been doing? I lost my mind. I'm like, no, please don't leave. I, I, I went over there, worked my magic, and he didn't mention leaving anymore. I felt so low. I'm like, this isn't really, I should be celebrating the fact that we're, he wants to leave. Maybe we can work. Maybe maybe if he leaves, we can work out a co-parenting situation and maybe I can finally get the healing that I need and live my life. I was so afraid. 10 years later, I can see that I hindered him and I hindered myself. You can't force someone to be with you. I feel like going over there and begging him to not leave was a form of me forcing myself on him because I had issues. It got worse. <laughs> um, still being called out my name still dealing with the drinking I just I, I, I still kept believing I was going to get through it and it's my attitude that got me through it but I knew I had issues and I didn't know who to go to I didn't have a strong relationship with my mother I didn't really want to share this information with my sister because knowing my sister, she would have tried to intervene for me. But 
and I and I and I did, couldn't articulate my feelings. I I just I just knew I didn't want to be alone. I didn't want to be a single parent. And I knew I had made a mess. I got back with my old job and it really lifted my spirits. Like I said, I was working for the school board. I had started the cleaning business, but it hadn't taken off yet. I wasn't even seeing $400 on my paycheck at the school board. No shade to people that work at the school board, okay? It's just that what I was doing wasn't lucrative. So when my old job called me back, I felt like that maybe, just maybe, I might be able to get an apartment, me and my child, probably work something out with my aunt, she comes to stay with me, and maybe I could stand on my own. Maybe I could I could leave this guy and not have to deal with him. I'm not even there a good two or three months. And he's like, oh, I want you home. I want to take care of you and the baby. I don't want anybody else taking care of my baby. I knew that was bullshit. I didn't feel good about it. I did not want to sacrifice myself like that and let him be in charge. I knew he was not an honorable person. I did not trust him. He's never reciprocated before. Why all of a sudden does he feel generous now and want to take care of me and the baby? I leave my job because I can't find a babysitter. Can't find a babysitter. (sighs) Damn, there's some hard shit to talk about. And I let him take care of me. It was the worst mistake of my life. I ended up getting pregnant again. I ended up having to work because money was not being given to me. Which, in a sick way, I understand. Because at the end of the day, you have to generate your own income. I don't give a damn how much money your significant other makes. You still need to be able to stand on your own. Once I had given him permission to be the breadwinner, he... It's like the abuse intensified. Now he's really talking to me crazy. Now he's really acting like he's running the show. Now he's making me feel like I'm a burden. When the first half of our relationship, if not more, I was the breadwinner. So now I'm miserable. Because I'm in a situation I kind of got myself into. This is not to say 
people that are physically abused brought it upon themselves. I'm just reflecting. And when you reach a level of self-awareness and you reflect, you start to put together the pieces that can ultimately set you free. And you're like, wow, like maybe if I didn't put my finger in the sock, I wouldn't have got electrocuted. Maybe I probably should have just let the sparks fly. I'm not an electrician. We're not, we're, we, we, we step on God's toes so much because we, we want to be self-sufficient, which is, you know, for a long time, I thought the goal was to be self-sufficient, but we're supposed to be dependent on God and cast our worries on God. And I, I didn't do that. I, I was, I wanted to be in charge of every aspect of my life and I could not do that. And it, it got me, it got me in trouble. Um, I ended up staying with him. He didn't want to live together, which is why, like I said, he sent me to live with his mom. I would bounce back between my mom and my, my, my mom and his mom's house. He didn't want to live together because he didn't want me to see how he was living. He was doing him the entire time. When I say doing him, he was promiscuous. He didn't want me to go to the doctors, red flag, out of fear, you know, something could go wrong. You know, um, he was so promiscuous. He thought that I might get an STD. He might have passed something on to me. If you look up domestic violence and individuals going to the doctors, a lot of people in domestic violence relationships have been hindered from going to the doctors. I tried my hardest to make the best of that situation. And I couldn't. I hated his family at the time because they knew how he was and they critiqued me. He had this aunt that was so critical of me that thought her nephew was just God's gift to women. And I'm a young mom, I'm a new mom, and it was hard dealing with his family's criticism, his criticism, his abuse, his shit. Knowing I need to get out. And now I'm pregnant again. Wow, I didn't know I was going to wrap you guys up. I'm 48 minutes in. I'm going to try to wrap it up. Or maybe I should just take my time. You know what? Take your time, Pastor Jared. Take your time and talk. I'm going to take my time. If you want to listen, listen. If it's too much for you, fast forward. That's how we're going to do that. So, I'm still dealing with financial issues with him. I'm still dealing with his um, 
mood swings, the alcoholism, the mind tricks. Oh my God, the mind tricks. It took me years to recover and I'm still battling that. If I didn't answer the phone for him, like I said earlier, that was my ass. He made me feel that. He would call me out of his name. He was always suspicious of me. He always thought I was cheating on him. And, I, and, and I'm not going to lie. I wanted to because I wanted to break away. I was so dissatisfied. I was so unhappy. But I couldn't because I'm carrying this man's baby. So how am I going to get it off with another guy and I have your baby? Like, how is that going to work? And you don't want me to go outside to work. You don't want me to leave the house. And I'm trapped in your house. How, how am I going to cheat? I told myself I would abort this baby too and I would find a way. I just had to get back to work. I kept taking clients. My my cleaning business had took, taken off. But it still wasn't enough to get my own place. So I started to believe, I'm like, you know what? Maybe I should make the best of this situation. Maybe if we get our own apartment and I let him, I'm sorry. And I let him lead. Things are going to work out. I could not stomach this man. Okay. So this man, Lord, if anybody that's listening has ever been in a toxic relationship you know what I mean when it gets to the point where you cannot stomach the guy the female the dog the cat the person anymore in their shit but you're in a situation now you're in a situation you're stuck like you've allowed yourself to rely on a person that's not reliable and now you need this person every day i remember calling my best friend will and just telling him i gotta get out i gotta get out is he putting his hands on you he would always ask me that i'm like no no he's not putting his hands on me oh my god it was hard lying it was so hard. I didn't want to scare anybody. I thought I had control over the situation. He wasn't doing it every day. As if that matters. If a person puts their hands on you once, they'll do it again. And they might even kill you. That's a harsh reality I needed to hear at that time. But I wasn't willing to let anybody minister to me, mentor me educate me school me I I my ego my my situation was just so fragile I couldn't have anybody coming in and and rocking the boat like that for so many different reasons a month before we have the baby We go to the doctor. Go to the doctor. I'm late as hell. Because he don't want me to go. Per usual. Come home. We're trying to find something to eat. 
He's like, you know, what you want to eat? Listen, I'm pregnant. So I want some fat girl shit, okay? <laughs> I'm like, I want some food out. Oh, we don't have any money. Okay, well, it's no criminal. It's no harm in a person not having any money. But I want something out. So he's like, well, I'm going to make some meatballs. I'm like, I don't want this shit. The house is dirty. Like, the kitchen is dirty. <clears throat> he's dirty. <laughs> Let me not be low. Let me not be low. But that's how I thought back then. I, I just, you know, he just wasn't somebody that I found to be clean. And then not only that, I didn't really like this guy. I just, I wanted what I wanted, right? I didn't know it would turn into him calling me an ungrateful and bougie bitch. And it triggered the fuck out of me to the point where I spazzed out. I ended up having to go to the damn hospital that night because he had slammed me on the bed. I... Mm. Bear with me. I'm just trying to get myself together. I'm not crying or anything. I mean, like I said, I overcame this shit. Those days are gone. And it's okay to cry, but I just that shit is so beneath me now. I was so upset that now I'm going to the hospital now. Like like these physical interactions are getting so out of control that I can't I don't know what's going to happen I don't know how far he's going to go I know I'm getting fed up I don't know how far I'm going to go because damn it I'm going to hit you back piss me off good enough I might even hit you first was my way of thinking back then come home He ignore me, I ignore him. I'm just riding the situation ship out. Until I finally have my second son, Andrew. And we get into another physical spat. He pushed me on the ground. After I had just had a C-section. I knew I had to leave. I knew it was time to go. And I still couldn't get my bearings to go. I didn't want to go back to my mom's. Me and my mother didn't get along. I didn't want to go to his mom's. That's her that's her that's his mother. I had or so I thought. I could have went back to my aunt. But my pride. Fuck your pride in a toxic relationship. Your peace should be priority. My friend at the time was telling me, listen, you probably have to go back to your aunt's house. You cannot put up with that. I hated that somebody, my situation was so toxic that one, I couldn't help but not share what was going on and that people were adding their input, even though I, I knew it was true. I was miserable. 
I really tried my hardest to stick it out. I tried to do things on my own to the point where I lost myself. I got worn out. I was going to work, working like a dog. I was abusing oxycodone. I was drinking. I was drinking like crazy. I was doing anything I could to avoid my situation. And I was like, pray. The only thing that kept me going was the fact that I knew I would make it out. I I, I knew I was I knew I was gonna get out. It just was all a matter of when. But looking back, I realized it was risky as hell to rely on myself and not God in my in my circle. Like, like I even realized that maybe I should have just said, Mom, I know we're not talking, I know we don't get along, but this is my situation. This is my situation. Like, I'm 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 not even a week into having my second child and I'm being pushed on the ground. There's no food in the house. I can't leave the house. I'm not in a healthy situation. It got worse from there. It got more physical. It got more explosive. I couldn't leave the house. I had to sneak out and go to work and deal with the ramifications when I got home. Then finally, finally, I sat down and I prayed to God. I think I still have this prayer in my phone. Let me find it. I think I still have this prayer in my phone where I pretty much told God, like, okay, you win. Like, I need to be out of this stuff. Not because, not only because he's being abusive to me, but I'm meeting him on that level. I'm, 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 I'm not backing down, you know, it's getting to the point where I'm, I'm fighting back now. I I, I can't take it. Like I'm a human being and I know there's a stereotype or misconception that when you're in a toxic relationship, a true victim is a victim and they don't fight back. They're they're disadvantaged and they're like a deer. They're like Bambi. That is so untrue. If you try to victimize any human being, it is going to bring something out of them. It's going to make them want to fight back. There is such a thing as reactive abuse. I started to fight this man back. There were times... Where I remember when he was just laying there asleep. And I'm like, I hate this guy. And I just punched him in his sleep. Call it what you want, but that was my situation. This man had taken so much from me. That I could no longer deal. And I knew I needed to get out. But I I just, I needed more time. I needed help. I needed to make sure I would still have custody of my children. I needed to make sure I could do this on my own. It was so important that I do this on my own. I wanted so bad to save myself. Nobody was coming to save me. I finally left the darn school board. 
and I got a job and I just I just bust my butt. I just I just worked. Whether I was sick or not, whether we got into a fight that day before or not, whether we were living in a hotel or not, whether he was working or not, whether he supported me or not, I just kept busting my butt. And finally, I was able to get an apartment and leave. We had an explosive fight because once I got the apartment, I thought that, damn, like, you know, I finally got what we always aim to get or I always aim to get. And I thought that would remedy our situation. Maybe he can come back and we work it out. We ended up fighting like crazy in that apartment for about four months on and off. And I finally, I just couldn't do it. And I finally called the damn cops and he got arrested. Arrested, went away for some months. I finally felt some relief. It took years to accept my role, see the situation for what it was, to have understanding, to forgive. I still struggle to forgive and understand that while unfortunate things had happened to me, while it wasn't a pleasant experience, My pain was real, but I had played a role. I learned about my pride. I learned that I had abandonment issues. And I learned that at the end of the day, he was a human too, battling things. It was so hard to face that considering he had put me through so much. But I accepted and I learned that we're just humans at the end of the day. And sometimes we meet people and we bring out the best in them. And sometimes we meet people and we bring out the worst. We're not all meant to share life together. We're not all meant to be together. We're not all meant to run off in the sunset. And I went through so many different phases afterwards. I was upset that now I, I really had to walk in the fact that I was a single parent. I was upset that I let my kids down. I was upset that I had to do all the work by myself. I was upset that the situation got as far as it did. And I knew at the end of the day, I had played a role. It was so hard to move past that situation. 
I didn't come out victorious at the moment. I drank more. I avoided my real life. I, 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 I really felt what it was like to be in a toxic relationship where you're scared to come home. You don't know what your partner is going to do. You don't feel comfortable sleeping in the same house with them. They're abusing you financially, emotionally, mentally, and physically. It's hard. I hope I was able to share my story and encourage somebody that may be actively in a toxic relationship to acknowledge why you may be in that situation. Not to scrutinize or judge yourself for it. Just simply ask yourself like, how did this happen? How did I, was I love bombed? You know, did I not have anywhere to go? Did I feel alone? Did this person least, did this person seem as if they were this or that? How did I get there? Because I know for me, I found it helpful and freeing for me to recount my steps and figure out how I could have gotten into a situation like that. I've changed since the situation and I've always been vocal and opinionated, but at 18 years old, you're still naive and green to the world and you don't know everything. We don't, none of us, we don't know everything. So it leaves you vulnerable. It leaves you susceptible to things happening to you. And I had to give myself grace. I had to acknowledge when I was wrong. I had to really do some serious self-reflecting. Oh, damn. 